You're listening to Cinema Geekly Podcast with Anthony Lewis, Aaron Delahosa, and Glenn Bove. Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 113, cinemageekly.com slash premium. Head there right now without the credit card or debit card. Uh, cash probably wouldn't work so well. But your fucking plastic whip it out. Give us $12 a year for 365 days of magnificent podcasts. In fact, uh, in case people uh, have been jonesing for it, there are not one, but two flip for side B podcasts up, Glenn. I don't know. What happened? All of a sudden, you got all charged up and decided to do not one but two side Bs. Uh, I know, right? Uh, we've got the uh, we've got the the first one, which uh, is you and Aurora talking about Pitch Perfect Two, uh, bad movie. What else did you guys talk about other than Pitch Perfect Two and bad movies? Did you talk about anything else? Uh, we've kind of talked about video game stuff, like uh, ah. like her introduction to them and that kind of stuff, and. Because like, I, I having listening to you two talk about it, I was like, I wanted to talk about the other things y'all didn't get to. Ah, so we just kind of talked about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the 11th episode of the Flip for Side B, Glenn and I sat down and discussed <laughs> oh. Mad Men at length, all seven seasons of it. Uh, it is a meticulous breakdown, episode by episode. Actually, I don't think... A character yeah, damn, by is character. Is that like a four-hour podcast? We did go character by character, essentially, though. We didn't really talk about... We talked about a, a few specific episodes, ones that stood out to us, but we really more talked about uh, characters and how they evolved from the start of the show to the end of the show. Uh, and the uh, the latest episode of Level Your Gear is up, episode 18, called Stick It In Your Vita. Uh, that's also available upon the premium website, cinemageekly.com uh, slash premium. Uh, just $12 for an entire year's worth of content, completely underselling our own value. That's what we're good at over here at Cinema Geekly. Uh, we took a break last week to try to uh, let the news sort of wash up upon the, the shores of our internets, and that uh, uh, didn't really work out so well. Not really much news broke this week either. Uh, but we're going to... We're going to talk about some things. We There are some things to discuss, so we're going to do that best we can. Um, Aaron, have you heard any more news on the, uh, the, the rumor of one River Song perhaps returning to Doctor Who this season? Is this just... Uh, is this just fan speculation and Stephen Moffat doing the, oh, well, maybe, you never know, just tune in to watch type thing? Uh, is, there more to, is there more to it than that, or is it kind of still just that? Not so far. It's just the perspective of Russell T. Davies' sex storm, uh, I believe, as he put it. <laughs> sex storm. And you know what? I, I, I never actually heard that term before, but as soon as I heard it, I, was, I backed it. Because you think about – I mean we've talked about it before – 
uh, with Ben a, a few times on Who Made Who, another great premium podcast, by the way, that, uh, that we are very much looking forward to seeing River and Capaldi play off each other because there's an intensity there coming off Capaldi and just with her smarm, it's just... Mm, Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's going to be fiery, uh, to say the least. And, you know, the fact that they're talking about it a little bit, you know, it just kind of... You know, yeah. they don't really make it a point to to mention anything. Just like, you know, they're not going to show anything on the show that they're not going to use at some point later on. So mm-hmm. I think it's just only a matter of time before we see River and uh, Peter Capaldi go at it. No, I agree. Uh, that's something that should happen in some form. They they need to make that shit happen. I hope they I Yes. Hope so. I want the sex storm. Uh, in point, and around my face. Point Break official trailer, which... Aaron said did not warrant an article on the website. Uh, uh, no, it didn't. I still agree. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> I want to remove it from the Facebook. Here's the thing. I didn't watch the trailer, nor have I seen the original Point Break, but I'm guessing when I watch the original wow. before I Hold watch on. this. Okay. If we're going to do a Parts Unknown today, it automatically has to be the original Point, Bla- uh, point Break. Is that on Netflix? Is that on there? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll send you a copy if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never seen it. I just is is this the Patrick Swayze movie with a horse? What the fuck movie is this? I mean, Keanu Reeves, so it's a little horsey. Gary Busey too is exceedingly horsey. Uh, <laughs> I am an FBI agent. <laughs> oh, it's so painful. Or like, what? But I am a samurai. Like, remember he just did that not too long ago too. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I can't wait for Bill and Ted three. Uh, no, you but the, can the original... either get out of my way and die screaming by your son's side. Well done, sir. My favorite part of that movie has to be when he shoots his gun in the air and just yells for no reason. I uh, I started watching this trailer and I saw somebody skydiving through money and I'm like, this looks uninteresting. Yeah, it, they they made the 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 dead the dead presidents uh, and they don't even refer to them as that it, anyway. Uh, they made them extreme athletes and Johnny Utah is a, is a former extreme athlete and. He's like, you know how you catch one of these guys, but by sending in one of their own. Like it, it's literally that fucking like you know extreme. The, the voiceover guy should have just been like, he's a loose cannon playing by his own rule. You know what I mean? Just yeah, the yeah, typical yeah. fucking bullshit. It looks god awful. It should be on sci-fi. Extreme athlete. That what is terrible. A, it's such a douchey term. It's and when's the last time that shit was actually like forefront? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> eight nine years ago yeah it's almost like vince mcmahon is producing this films and he just fucking heard of the x games for the right first time. maybe they thought parkour was too lame so they're like we'll just we'll just make them extreme sports guys we'll bring it back the x games <laughs> they'll drink a lot of mountain dew they'll probably listen to fish you know what i mean it'll oh, work shit. yeah yeah they <laughs> oh shit uh glenn podcast in a row where we talk about fish <laughs> glenn what did you think of this i'll point see break if we can break. keep it going for a while what did you think of this point break trailer glenn uh no it, it was um not extreme enough for you? No, it, to me it was like oh, God they damn. might as well just called it an Italian job remake because they're international heists. Like that, that's what they do. Like well, surfing on water and snow. But no, it was oh. uh, it was and really their vagina stupid. too. They're just shredding. It's one of those things. things, you know. We gotta oh, let's take something and we gotta make it bigger and the same thing but bigger. And that that's exactly what this like. This is just epitomized the same thing but bigger. I mean, I'd say this looks like Douchebag the movie, but Entourage has already come out, so... I say that in order to keep with, with the trending times, we're going to remake us, ourselves, are going to remake a movie that hasn't been out all that long. We're going to remake Magic Mike, but only with guys who have dad bods, since that's the new trend. <laughs> um, <laughs> and hipster beards and, and man we're, it, 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 It's just going to be called Magic Mike, where we're not going to change shit. We'll get Kevin James, because he, he'll only be on Netflix for a while. He could star... The, let's, I mean, uh, Nick Frost. 
let, let's talk about a couple other things that are posted on the website real quick so people are up to date on it. Um, Stephanie has a, a review up for San Andreas uh, with uh, Dwayne the Johnson Johnson. And, oh, David uh, Boreanaz, too. He looks like hell. He could definitely star in the dad bod Magic Mike. Yeah? Oh, yeah. The, uh, I did. I'm not the one who brings these things up. <laughs> we'll uh we'll we'll talk about it in the box office, but uh, the rock's the rock is clearly a, a a draw at the cinemas. He is cooking. Yeah, he's cooking. Um, shit. He's in over his head w- w- with his newest announced project. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, what is it? Uh, big Trouble in Little China. I think mother do, fucking or? Big Trouble in Little China. It's a perfect film. It, it, oh my god. Uh, I, I, I I watch this movie at, at least once every three days. Like no bullshit. It, it, yeah, it's a fuck the fucking liberty man of this dude just to remake this film. Fuck. To to quote Jeff Goldblum <sighs> in Jurassic Park Two, Glenn, uh, movie studios they they just got to touch. They they can't not look. They have to touch. <laughs> Can I tell you right now? I just stood for that. I literally just stood up for that. Oh, did you? I did. <laughs> you are welcome. Uh, also up on the website, our last episode of From Parts Unknown, where we discussed the pilot episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine from 1993, uh, which Ben apparently was absolutely in love with. Uh, uh, that episode. Uh, I hope other people uh, enjoyed it as well. We will be drawing a brand new. Uh, thing to watch at the end of this podcast so stay tuned at the end when point break (laughs) hopefully point break will be the one we draw uh when we draw a uh, a new movie for the 10th episode of from parts unknown do you guys know there's a colombian version of breaking bad on netflix right now yes i've seen it i've seen I, i well i mean i didn't watch it but i saw that it was on there and i'm like holy crap I really hope we get that, like that exact show. I want to watch the pilot just to see. Like it, it looked like an exact ripoff. It, really it is. His name's like uh, that guy. White. Walter Blanco. Yeah, Walter Blanco. Walter White. Yeah, they they didn't change shit. <laughs> it might even be Brian Cranston. The guy looks so much like him. I shit my pants. It was amazing. Um, up on the Cinema Geekly YouTube page and the Facebook page right now, uh, Aaron had the foresight. To uh, video edit in Shia LaBeouf along with uh, wrestling promos from the 80s. I really should have thought of this before you did, but I'm so glad you thought of it uh, and and put in the work. Because people are... WWE themselves actually uh, used uh, the Shia LaBeouf clip for something, but nothing is as great as what you did. But Especially the hair. Oh yeah, the hair and the oh my god promo. When I figured out I could do that, like the world that opened up in my mind. Wait, you uh, thought you could do that? Is a bit frightening. No, I, I didn't know I could do uh, that sort of thing. And then the I just uh, yes, around a bit more. Uh, and so there may or may not uh, be two more coming at some point during the next week that feature Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, I most certainly hope that your uh, your tracking skills do not improve because. The poor tracking on the hair with the Shia LaBeouf totally made it. For He's me. such a twitchy fucker, man. The yes, hair could not is. keep up with him, dude. I swear <laughs> to God. I spent, I had tried pausing that. I mean, everything I could do, but he's just such a, a shaky little fucker. Oh, it was, it, I was laughing my balls. So I watched it like three times. I'm like, ah, it's all right. <laughs> You're like, yeah, good enough. Close enough. All directors, I'm sure, have seen that one part and whatever they do, oh, they're sure. like, ah, fuck it. Sure, Batman and Robin, the whole fucking film is like that. They're just like, eh, good enough. People go, yeah, Gigli, you know what I mean? It's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> Any asylum film. Right. <laughs> That's right. They're like, yeah, nobody will give a shit. That one movie I watched where these people are on an island and they, uh, they're they attacked the by... 
No, they're attacked no. by sharks. Like, each trap has to deal with sharks, even though they're on land the whole time, but somehow they oh, end up in I've caves with water. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a really bad part of tracking, because they're trying to, like, <laughs> make them look like they're further on the beach, but they're yep. using, like, the same shot, and it, it doubles. It looks like 3D sometimes. They're the same people who funny. brought you uh, all, all the Brooke Hogan starring efforts of two-headed shark, sand, sand sharks, shark. yeah. avalanche yeah. shark. Avalanche, uh, yeah, there's avalanche. snow sharks uh, and ghost shark, but she—I don't think she was in ghost shark. She I think that was Richard shark. Mull, wasn't it? Yeah, Bruce Valanche Avalanche. That was a good one. No, he's too Bruce Valanche Avalanche. <laughs> Bruce Valanche Shark, starring Brooke Hogan and Bruce Valanche. <laughs> oh, awesome sauce, uh, Glenn. Uh, you said you'd found uh, some uh, some tidbits on the uh, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. What what is what is it that you found, sir? Uh, let me stall some more because I don't have the link up anymore. <laughs> Shit, well played, sir. I actually just watched a pretty good movie on Netflix. Uh, if you guys get the chance, watch the movie called Late Phases. Okay. It's, uh, it's a werewolf movie, and if I had to describe it, it it's kind of like if you take Badass starring Danny Trejo, you throw in a little bit of Bubba Hotep. Oh, Bubba and, Hotep was uh, God, I... Which which reminds me, I need to watch John Dies at the End. As yeah, well. oh, re- very good movie. Uh, but it, it's about you know an old veteran. Uh, he gets moved by his son, who doesn't really seem to give a shit. You know, they have a, a strained relationship. Uh, it's obvious from the get go. Moves him to a retirement community. The old man's blind. Uh, the first night in his apart in his community, someone is attacked by a werewolf and killed. And apparently, this just been, just been going on. And the old guy manages to wound him, uh, but his dog gets taken out. Wow. And then it's just old. This old blind guy is just trying to sleuth it. Uh, so it kind of takes on like like a little like silver bullet kind of vibe. You know, here's another Gary Busey mention for the show. Um, oh, but it, it was such a good movie. Like it, it, it was a werewolf movie at its very basic. Where the transformation scene when whoever turns out to be the werewolf transformed to the werewolf did kind of feel more like an American werewolf in London than an American werewolf in Paris. Like it, it was practical, so it it just inherently looked cooler. The werewolves and it looked like it hurt like a bitch. Yeah, it did. Yeah, the werewolves looked a, a little catty, but I mean, you know, probably the best uh, live action werewolf I've seen, you know, uh, in the past, you know, twenty years or so. Um, but the movie itself, it, it managed to put the father and son. Uh, it covered a lot of ground with their relationship, and you felt for these guys. But they maybe spent three minutes the entire movie having serious dialogue between them. But it was so effective and well done when it was done, uh, top to bottom, a fantastic movie. So if you guys get the chance to watch it, late phases. Uh, and the way it ends, it leads you to believe there's another one coming. I've Googled it. I can't find anything, but I hope there is because this movie was fantastic. Entirely possible. We'll get it on the I fucking hope Netflix. so. I'll watch it again. I have no problem with that. It was really good. Glenn, did you find your article? Yeah, I did. Totally. Okay. Uh, it features, uh, surprise, surprise, Lance Guest. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Alex Rogan from uh, The Last Starfighter. Holy shit. Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> Um, that was my reaction when I saw him I was like holy fuck dude alright Glenn so what's the story here Uh, you know the the Harry Potter spinoff the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them that is going to star Eddie Redmayne uh, is basically going to go with talk about his adventures and it looks like predominantly he's going to maybe not be but be in an American but have a lot of interactions with an American setting Mm -hmm. may not see where uh, this was before other leads that are be going to be Americans in this, but they're going to be played by British actors, uh, like most times. Uh, and they're going to 
just you're gonna know where the American school is for wizardry, and it's not going to be in New York, and it's not going to be called the Salem uh, Witch Institute because apparently that was more of a joke for the Women's Institute in the UK. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was uh, I thought it was kind of interesting. If, I if didn't you had know... to pick a, a city in America to host our vision of Hogwarts, where do you think it would be? The most magical city in America, uh, Chicago. No, come on, dude. Have magical? you ever been to Chicago? Magical. Well, I mean, parts of Chicago are nice. Oh. Yeah, I've been to Chicago. Um, you know, I I would Watch probably Dogs. I would probably <laughs> that's right. Watch Dogs. Uh, I would say you know for me it would have to be someplace in like Maine or Vermont, like those places that I like yeah are scenic uh, and love like not too barren but scenic, but places people don't really think about or ever go to. So seclusion would be easier. Um, I'd have to say, I'd have to say someplace like on the, on the Northern East coast somewhere. I don't somewhere know. That's like what I'm the thinking. UP or maybe like Anacortes, Washington, somewhere in the San Juans, just somewhere really kind of. Yeah. The UP. <laughs> nobody, nobody. Yeah. As, as a Michigander, I can tell you that nobody ever fucking thinks about the UP. So. Right. Uh, even the UP, even the people. The, the, the one guy from the UP who just got internet is listening to this right now. is just like, hey, he's freaking out right now. <laughs> he's like, ah, oh, they mentioned us. I didn't think anybody. We it's a cheap pop McFoley sound right there for the UP. Um, <laughs> God, where would it be? I'd almost have I mean, to say wouldn't it's you? Gonna, it's going to have like a lot of influence from like Native American culture. She, she does hint at that. So right. I would assume somewhere in the pl- Well, they were everywhere oh. until. Uh, white people do Utah. what white people do. So yeah, it's Utah. Oh, it's gonna be uh, Mormon uh, magic. Yes. No, no, it's gonna the, be a bro. The wizard, the wizards created Mormons, uh, tricked them into starting this religion, uh, and the the Mormons really hide the existence of of American Hogwarts. Yeah, maybe that explains uh, the Mormon prophet, whatever his name, John Smith. Maybe he was a squib, so it's like he could see ghosts <laughs> and all that, but nobody else could. So he's just fucking with everybody. And he's like, whatever, bitches, you guys keep your little spells. I'm going to start a religion. Um, up on the website. I think also. I, I just explained Mormonism right there. He's a squib. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, uh, Utah. <laughs> the uh, uh, <laughs> up on the website also, uh, I wrote a review for Ex Machina, which I think I may be in the minority, but I did not love that movie. I thought it was- I got to see it. I'm dying to see that movie. Was I- Oscar Isaac good in it? Oscar Isaac was fucking tremendous in the movie. Yes, he's great. Yeah, he's, uh, was it just the concept you didn't like, or was it just like I didn't, kind of done? I mean, I gave it a three. I didn't hate it. So you didn't hate it, yeah. But basically, like, all the hype's running it, because they're like, oh, shit, it's a really fucking smart movie. Uh, and there are points, like, where they're, um, where Domhnall Hall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac's characters are talking about... They they take it a few levels deeper when talking about artificial intelligence, which makes it sound smart. But the overall like thing, the overall gist of the movie is kind of every fucking AI story you've ever seen in your life. Robotic laws? No, there's okay. no. There's what it all boils down to is like you know when we make a robot, we we have to ask ourselves is can we fuck it? Like that's the only question. Like, I that's mean, how every one of these go. I mean, there are no there are no robotic laws, but there's like some sex bot type shit, which yeah, you see yeah. you see all yeah. the time. Yeah. And uh, at the you end, you see of, the deleted scenes of Robocop, man. There's some creepy <laughs> shit in there. At the end of the day, the um, and, and spoiler territory as, as well. Um, uh, Dom, Dom Hall Gleason's character is essentially brought in to do the uh, the Turing test for the robot. 
which if people are aware what the Turing test is, essentially it's um, a, a human talks to an AI, but it doesn't know that it's talking to an AI. It's fooled into thinking that it's human. Uh, where in this case, um, he just talks right to the robot, even though he knows it's a robot. Because um, they both agree that had he just talked to this AI over the phone, she would have passed for human. It's really convincing. It's it's really more of a convincing him that she has moved like way past that. Like she could pass for human if you put hair on her and clothes on her and she walked out into fucking public, people wouldn't know the difference. That sort of thing. Um, and does he bang the robot? Is that is that what what he's torn? Uh, he does. He does kind of fall for her. But uh, it's uh, basically at the end of the day, he's kind of a pawn in this whole thing. Like he's made to look a fool and the the AI at the end. Well, I mean, you walk in and anybody's sticking their dick in a vacuum. You're going to look at them like they're a bit foolish. Uh, the AI at the end, uh, even though it's obvious that this guy did nothing wrong. And if anything, he only wanted to help her. She just doesn't give a fuck at the end. So it's like that story of man created machine and machines turned on man, which we've seen again, like a million. Go watch the fucking Matrix. Same thing. Way, way cooler fight scenes. Uh, I mean, it's a really good movie, but the con the overall concept is nothing I haven't seen before. Uh, the, uh, the performances are great. I mean, Oscar Isaac is fucking tremendous in the movie. Uh, he's, he's awesome. He kind of plays almost like a Howard Hughes type guy so he pisses in mason jars uh not really but oh okay uh but it's, it's like he's got like this really reclusive sort of side to him and kind of a you know he's not exactly what you'd expect a super genius who creates an ai to be like he's he's actually almost kind of like a bro's bro kind of mm-hmm. like he boozes all the fucking time and talks about getting laid and it's, it's very not very much not the sciencey type guy you would you would figure um, the other thing that really bugged me is that there were a couple of moments in the movie that I thought were, su- were meant to be, you know, big surprise moments, but I felt like they were telegraphed way early on. Like I, you know, it was made super obvious to me, but the movie played. Did they make it a like, point to say like, Hey, your vagina is not going to be here till September. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he actually, he does mention that you can fuck the robots. Like he made ah. them so they're fuckable. Uh, and uh, and and that they feel pleasure from it. So, uh, but no, um, hmm. Wait, the like... robots would feel pleasure from it. Yes, huh. they, they are... Well, according to nineteenth-century science, uh, women aren't supposed to feel pleasure. That's right. Uh, the, uh, but the the like the surprises and shit they're played up in the like when they occur. The scenes are played like you're supposed to go, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. But they really telegraphed them earlier. Like, they weren't very hidden. Uh, like, uh, they were su- I think they were supposed to play... Uh, like, they do this kind of big reveal that Oscar Isaac's character is way more nefarious than was let on. Except for the fact that there's definitely a scene earlier where you can just tell. Like, he's fucking nefarious. There's, you know, like... He's, hey, he's fucking Malfoy's dad, man. You should never trust him in anything. He's like, right. He's uh, not Malfoy's dad. Uh, Jason, oh, it's Jason Isaacs. Isaacs. And yeah. there's Which one's uh, Oscar? Uh, the Guatemalan, who played a really convincing Englishman in, uh, what was, what's that was movie with Russell Crowe? Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that one. I don't know this dude. Uh, um, uh, you saw Drive, right? No. 
Uh, saw the Star Wars Episode Seven trailer, right? <laughs> yeah, he's the guy flying the X-wing. Oh, okay. The mustache. Yeah, the woohoo guy. Um, it's gonna be Apocalypse. And uh, is he playing? Oh yeah, he's playing Apocalypse too. Uh, oh damn! I thought it was the other Isaac's playing Apocalypse. Now I'm kind of bummed out. Oscar Isaac is very good though. He's fucking tremendous in this movie as well. But uh, and, there, and there's a character that is also. Uh, revealed to be a robot at some point, but uh, that sort of shit was also given away way early on as well, which made me wonder why they set these things up. It felt like was it Ian Holm? Uh, no, Ian Holm oh, okay. was not a robot. Oh, um, so yeah, I kind of felt in the middle on that movie. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was well made. Uh, the visual effects that they use for the AI uh, Ava, the the robot, is is awesome. Uh, and the performances are all good, but it's just, you know, uh, it's like a fresh coat of paint on something you've seen a million times. And it just, yeah, I was expecting something different and I didn't get different, I guess. Um, and and a lot of the people I'm seeing giving it really great reviews are kind of doing it based off of the, oh, well, the acting is really great and it looks so good. And I'm, I'm just like, yeah, but same thing is still the same thing, no matter how you how you redress it. Uh, they didn't redress it good enough. I was expecting maybe like a different take, but uh, I didn't get it. So I gave it a three. Uh, Glenn, you and Aaron have watched uh, the season premiere of Hannibal, yes? the third Is this the third season now that they're on? Yep, season three. Uh, so what do you think? Are, are we only one episode in or are we two in? One. One. Uh, so what, what did you think of the what did you think of the episode? You guys got to sell me on this because it's sitting in my Netflix queue and I and I want to wow. start watching it. So. Really? We, have you have you ever seen the movies or read read any of the books? Uh, no. <laughs> wow, man. I don't. It's it's hmm. usually not my brand of of entertainment. So it's weird oh. because the Brett Ratner movie might be the best one. I know it fucking might. It's <laughs> so Ratner. depressing to say. <laughs> well, but I think that you know the studio basically handed him a script and a direction and said, "Here, just go shoot this." And he's like, "I yeah. can handle that." You know what I mean? That's yeah. something Brett Ratner can do. <laughs> fucking lunkhead. Yeah. Stop no. Stop <laughs> But really, I mean, that's Edward Norton. You got Ray Fiennes. I mean, Anthony Hopkins. That's a lot of heavy hitters in that movie. Harvey uh, Keitel. Harvey Keitel. Yeah. Oh my God, it, it's such a strongly casted movie. I mean, it. Mm. Uh, so, Glenn, who are the who are the leads in this uh, this Hannibal show? Is this NBC? Yeah, yeah, it is NBC, and I, I, man, they are getting really close to actually showing some straight on frontal nudity in this show. Man, I like. It won't happen. Oh, Gillian Anderson. Wow, good for well, yeah. her. She is held yeah. up quite well. That yeah, lady. they they between the bubbles of with her and the wine glass for Maz Nicholson. Uh, oh, dude, yeah, he was a centimeter away from just <laughs> flashing dick. I mean, oh my god, <laughs> he's just they're all ripped in the sh- in the shadows, just like can I get dressed? And she's just like whatever, like let me hold up this glass of champagne right where you're, you know, what I'd imagine this giant angry German penis is. Yeah, I mean, the thing about the show is a lot of imagery. Like, or my Danish. Girlfriend... Is he Danish? Yeah, he's Danish. He's Danish. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Not Danish. Yeah, Danish. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of the imagery. Like, it's it's really surreal. It's kind of, it's tense, but it's it's beautiful at the same time. I don't know. It's it's weird. And Jillian Anderson's performance, uh, just like in the entire last scene, I mean, the entire episode, top <laughs> so to bottom, bad for her. she was incredible. I mean, oh my god, uh, 
but you could see her mind working and 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 just you know changing her plans like instantly on the fly as it was going on. I mean, it was amazing. Like the range of emotions she went through just in those last few minutes. I mean, oh holy shit! Yeah, trying to it escape. just got me more and more excited for the X Files to come back just to get her more you know back to the forefront because man, was she great. Yeah, I mean, you didn't even get to see any of the FBI stuff. It was just them and Florence. yeah, they didn't even touch on on Will or nothing. But I guess the next episode is going to be more so about them. Yeah, I'm sure. So but, is uh, this uh, is this tied into the movies in any way? Like, uh, I'm missing something? No, if I watch the show no, no, not at all. The, the, the show, the show, basically, they use the same characters from the from the movies and books, sure. but they're doing their own fucking thing with them. Okay. Yeah, basically, if you see the movies, it's more of just you understanding uh, what the characters are, because for the most part, the history is going to be changed. Okay. Right. So I can go in fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes it a lot easier on me then. Okay. Because, like, the Will Graham that Hugh Dancy plays in the show is very different than the Will Graham that William Peterson and Edward Norton play. Like, uh, it is, like I told you, the season two premiere, or the season two finale... Oh, is yeah. basically the same emotional point that you were at in Ozymandias of Breaking Bad. Right. Except it didn't take seven years, it took two. So right. <laughs> 26 episodes later, you, you were at that same uh, crossroads. I believe Netflix has the first two seasons up. So mm-hmm. Do yourself uh, a favor and go watch it immediately. Um, Aaron, I, I'm presuming, maybe, based off of your Instagram post, that you saw last week's episode of uh, Game of Thrones... I did, sir. Uh, holy shit. Wow. I dude, so many zombies. <laughs> Even I, Glenn knows about this. No, because right. I, well, I, I And my thought my was, too, is like was Game of Thrones in less than 20 minutes did a better zombie scene right. than I think The Walking Dead has done in the entire run of the show. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they. Because uh, uh, basically, this has all been everything that we've been hearing. Like, since the first fucking episode, people say winter is coming, which right. is essentially this. This old tale about uh, the dead rising and this army of the dead or whatever, and people are like, oh, that's fucking fairy tale shit. And um, and and meanwhile, you've got Jon Snow with the Night's Watch trying to get with the wildlings who live on the other side of the wall and trying to get them to see past their differences to team up because they're going to need. He's like, look, we we fucking need every man we can get. We know this shit is real and it's happening, and we we need all the help we can get and. It's it's such a tentative relationship between those two groups, and then they just show up. The fucking White Walkers show up with their army of fucking. Yeah. Some, I mean, some of them weren't even zombies. Some of them were just straight up like, be, like barely skeletons with some flesh on them a little bit. Yeah, like it and was I love the crazy. fact too. Like, and essentially every other plotline that's going on in the show is doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, it was it was so. But, but it still doesn't matter because yeah. Oh my god, it was just so, so yeah. Many, the fucking giant is the best thing ever where it's just all those motherfuckers are climbing up on him. He's just stepping on them and ripping them apart. And then when they all go sailing off into the sea, he just fucking walks. Cause he, obviously he can't ride in a boat. So he just walks. <laughs> it's fucking- he still got him clinging to him. He's just ripping them off and tossing them into the water. Just at random. And then that scene at the end is the best with Jon Snow staring down, uh, the night's King. And he just fucking undertakers, his arms up in the air and all the people that the white walkers just killed, turn into White Walkers too, and then stand up. Oh my god, it was fucking incredible! Like they all of a sudden, I I have a feeling uh, when tonight's episode airs that maybe some of the grievances they have had will have died down slightly after witnessing that. Oh, I think so. Shit! Like, how do you stop an army that basically gets stronger by killing people on your side? 
Well, Every clearly uh, Valerian Steel from the way the episode ended. That's right. That's right, man. I forgot he picked up that sword and fucking shattered that one guy. He sure mm-hmm. did. That was pretty sweet. Uh, and, of course, the, uh, the whatever it is, Dragon's Glass, I believe it is. Yeah, Dragon Glass. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently that, that does the trick as well. But my, my feeling is that there is perhaps not a lot of this shit to go around. So it could be interesting. Well, in the books, like Tyrion said, like, you know, all the old houses, you know, have weapons, you know, that are of Valerian steel. I mean, in, you know, a couple of blogs in line that have posted, you know, who has them uh, readily available right now. Like, you know... Uh, uh, Eddard Stark's no or sword ice was was melted down into two. Yeah, uh, uh, Jamie Lannister had one, but he gave it to uh, Brienne of Tarth, so she's got Oathkeeper. And then uh, what? Uh, the other sword is the one that uh, Jon Snow has, I believe. Yes, right. And so, but we, uh, uh, you know, Littlefinger has like a dagger of it, and it was the one that was used to, to you know, that was held to Bran's throat. And you know, uh, I'm not sure if Arya's sword is Valerian steel or not. Uh, but the point is, like Tyrion said, all the old houses had them, so they think there could be essentially thousands of these daggers out there. But you have to unite essentially the entire, you know, world. Yeah, uh, all the kingdoms what, and shit. Yeah, all together. the kingdoms to get all these weapons together to just even fight these things. So it, there's a lot coming, and we know that the show's only going to go for seven seasons. You know, the writers they've talked to George R. R. So they know where he's going with the story. So that's why you know they're making so many leaps forward. Yeah, there's a lot of the uh, things they're doing. But man, this show it, it's. It would it would be a good time to be a fan of the show in the books because basically uh, George has George Martin has said that the the show and the books are going to diverge, but when they both conclude, they're going to conclude at the same place. Right. Uh, but the stories are going to diverge, so the movies are going to be different from what he's writing in the books now. Dude, there's no fucking way he's writing these books. <laughs> he's like way behind. Like the the show is ahead of the books now. I mean, could but could you imagine how scared shitless you would be if you know you're responsible for probably the greatest cultural phenomenon of our time? Oh yeah, and it's up to you to finish, and you're just, you're just some fat dude who just likes eating chili dogs and you know kind of hanging out. I mean, I'm driving DeLoreans. Uh, yeah, dude, the the pressure this dude must be under is immense. Holy oh sure. Shit. You've got to get your books done. There's no, there's no way these books are coming out. As soon as the show ends, he'll be like, yeah, that, that's what I was going for. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that'll be it. <laughs> he'll, email, he'll email everyone a leaflet. You he, know. he takes a picture yeah. of a printed page that has the last words from the show on it, and he's like, yep, that last thing I was going to write and do is right, right there. I, I, my guess is he just writes the end on his balls and just posts an Instagram <laughs> picture of that. I would, too, because fuck, the, fuck those. And then he screws McDuck's like, on Vine into his <laughs> old vault of money. Shit, yeah. Um, I have, uh, I have. Speaking of balls, uh, I have dove balls first into uh, Sense Eight, the uh, the Wachowski show that came out on the Netflix uh, the other day. I'm about eight episodes in. There's twelve episodes. I've watched wow. eight you of were, them. You're doing some damage. Yeah, I, I decided I'll I'll try doing three a night for four nights and see how that goes. So I'm guessing uh, you like it. Um, I am, I am at the eighth episode I'm in. It, it takes, it takes some time because as, okay, so everybody knows about the Wachowskis. Their thing is like super high concept shit. Like people always give them credit for, uh, you know, for the ideas that they have. Like that's a really ambitious fucking idea. They make really ambitious movies, but sometimes they don't really pan out. Uh, I have a feeling like I'm not going to go nuts on praising this. I feel like this is a show that I have to f- finish all of the episodes before I really know exactly how I feel about it. 
but I'm pretty sure this is the best thing they've done in a long time. Um, and I think the reason it works is because their ambitious idea here, they're able to spread out into 12 hours instead of two hours. Uh, trying to squeeze all the shit they did for Jupiter Ascending into two hours is probably why most nobody liked it. Uh, or why people had a really hard time getting into Cloud Atlas. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue that they're really ambitious or really crazy or cool-sounding ideas. They are, but uh, maybe they didn't have enough time to to kind of flesh everything out. Uh, and with this show, they, they kind of are. Uh, the beauty of it is, so far, we're... I'm on episode eight and almost nobody has any idea what's going on like to them with the exception of maybe one or two people within the group of eight people that share experiences and uh, skills and shit like that. Um, Most of the people aren't even aware. Some people have no idea what the fuck is happening to them uh, at all. Uh, Some people are, are starting to understand a little bit more. And a couple of people have a way better grasp on things. Um, but it's it's really, like, I could see people watching this after a few episodes and being like, I have no fucking clue what's happening at all and giving up on the show. And I wouldn't blame them because you've really got to follow and pay attention and understand what's going on. Because they can only, they can, like, the people that are in this cluster of eight, they can, they can do two things. They can visit and share. And visit basically means what it sounds like you can be uh, in the same place at the same time with somebody else. They can see you. Nobody else can see you except for them. And usually since they can't control it, uh, one scene will be, you know, a guy from America is all of a sudden in India and the guy in India thinks he's in America. Like they can't control it. So the scene switches back and forth constantly i can see people getting really fucking confused by it uh, can i tell and, you something sure uh, I, i'm confused as shit i i no way <laughs> uh feel like i'm emotionally stable enough or intelligent enough to watch this show and the uh the share is basically sharing in emotions ability language uh so if somebody gets high everybody starts to feel high if uh hey if, lucky for you fellas <laughs> if, if if one person is getting laid uh, people start to feel it, but if like if more than one of the people are getting laid, like everybody starts to feel it. Uh, we talked about what the fuck was that? What you, we were talking wait, about? what do you mean? Everybody feels it? Like, uh, like everybody just stops what they what they're doing, and they automatically they're just like air humping. <laughs> kind of, not not really? exactly. Okay, now uh, I gotta watch ba- this show. Basically, there's a scene where like six of the people like are all in some sort of huge orgy, but it's like all in their mind. Like they're not all in that space doing it, but because like a couple of people are having sex, like in their brain, that's what it feels like to them. It's crazy. Um, Also, uh, Aaron, as I posted in the Facebook page, I can never, I will never be able to see Martha Jones the same way again after seeing her character in this show. Oh, uh, is she one? Of, is she one of the one of the naked sex demons or whatever? Uh, she she's not one of the eight, but uh, Free Madgeman. Yeah, Free Madgeman. She is uh, she's a lesbian who is sleeping with a a man who is now a woman. So like Bruce Jenner, and uh, there is a nude strap on fuck scene. Oh, which... uh, sold. Okay, <laughs> well, what episode number is that? That is episode one. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they give that away the first episode. That's uh, the hook to come back for episode two. Is, and, is because, and because the Wachowskis are crazy, it's not just that. Oh. It's, uh, they, don't go gra- they don't go graphic with it. It's not like watching a porn, but 
I will say this. It culminates with, uh, with Freema unstrapping the strap on and then throwing it on the floor. And it's a camera level. It's a floor level shot of this big rainbow fucking dildo hitting the floor and then just juice spraying everywhere when it hits the floor. Like, it's just like, holy shit. I wish I was ready with, with, with the hip hop air horn just now because I would yeah. be mashing the fuck out of it, it for that. I'm just like, holy. Okay, fuck. I'm I'm gonna watch that show now. And uh, and there is full frontal male nudity in this as well. Oh, sold. Yeah, there's there's Wang, and it's German as well. So I, mean, <laughs> I haven't watched uh, it since eight. And and of course, it's it annoys me the most because I I despise gratuitous sex and things because usually it takes away from shit. Or it's a distraction oh, from shit, Spartacus? but not, but not in this show, not in this show, because the way everybody is all connected together, um, it means things. Uh, like there's a really co- kind of conservative you mean Indian sex woman. Can mean something is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, well, I mean, it does to these people. Uh, like there's you know, no way they're human. When everybody feels the sensations, or uh, you know, sometimes like there's a scene where with a kind of conservative Indian woman who's one of the eight. And she wakes up and sees what another person is seeing, which is two people fucking in bed. She's just like, holy shit. Um, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's a lot of characters to get to know. Uh, but, they, but they're doing a pretty good job of managing it. So far, I am pretty, I am pretty happy with the show. Uh, I'm, I'm not... I'm, and you're not confused by what's going on or anything? I was definitely kind of confused for the first three or four episodes. Like okay. it just took a while to kind of get used to it. But then eventually you start to realize, oh, this is happening to this person. This is happening to this person. You, you kind of get used to it and shit becomes a little more clear. Uh, so if you stick with it, I think you'll be rewarded. That being said, I still have a few episodes left. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to turn out well. Uh, but I can totally see people just being like, I, I can't make heads or tails of this show. It, it fucking sucks. Um, but if you can make heads or tails of it, it's pretty good. Uh, let me see here. What else? So if you can understand it, it's worth your time. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not turn off your brain type stuff. Like, oh. it's, not, it's, not like it's not like a deep thought type shit where it makes you think about life, really. Mm. Uh, but it requires you to pay attention. Because if you're not paying attention... You, something's going to happen that's not going to make any sense to you. Uh, and then you could be completely lost. So, uh, and, and of course, all of these people have side stories as well that are going on. So it's, um, you know, it's not just having to deal with like these new things that are happening to them. Um, and, uh, and these are not the first, this is not the first cluster of eight people. There are, uh, as of the last episode that I saw, there were at least four other people who have these abilities uh, but all they can do is visit with people in the in the new group of eight. They can't share anything. So apparently you can only share within your own group. Uh, but there were four other people that we've met throughout the series. One of two of them are dead already. Uh, but you meet f- four other people that have. Tell me about the lesbian scene again. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> I don't know. I would. I just want to get sold on this show again. There's there's more than one. I mean, it, uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, it's pretty lengthy. Okay, 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 now I'm back on board. We're good. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot of breast-to-breast action, a lot of thrusting. I mean, I'm not really sure how Love else to, else to explain it. I, I must say I was not really expecting any of that. But uh, Did you feel know. uncomfortable watching it? Like, did you feel weird? A little bit, yeah, because I know her as Martha Jones. So I'm just like, oh, that's oh, really good. weird. Like, I just, it's like I, watching uh, 
like what the, the di- Diary of Secret Car Girl or whatever. She, what does a show. Pretty, she does a pretty fucking flawless American accent, though. I'll give her credit for that. Uh, she does not play a British person. She is in. She lives in San Francisco. Oh, um, yeah. I get, I'm trying to think of all the places the the characters are from. There's San Francisco, Chicago. Uh, let me see here. Uh, there's like Mumbai, India. There's uh, uh, fuck. There's a place in Africa that I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Zimbabwe. No, 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 no. It's not not a country, but a a city. One of the bigger cities. That's Wakanda. Not- Was it Black Panther? Is this tied in the MCU? Right. Uh, but there's London, Berlin, Mexico City, uh, stuff like that. Uh, let me see here. What else do we got? Uh, we should probably look at the box office. Or I'm looking at the time here, too. Oh, I don't want good. to, man. We're doing good. Uh, box office this weekend. Uh, number five is Mad Max Furry Road. Fell from one spot, number four, down to number five. It made another $7.9 million. Uh, overall, worldwide, it has made $307.8 million. Um, is, are we wow. thinking that'll be a sequel? Will we get? A- oh yeah, they've already talked about it. There, there's already there's there's already two in the works that George Miller is going to help write. Two in, in the works. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, 150 million production budget on that. Pretty good. So it, it's doing okay for itself. Uh, number four, debuting at number four, Douchebag the movie, making 10.4 million dollars. Uh, what was the budget? Uh, not applicable. I'm guessing they oh. put it all on their camera phones, like douchebags. Mm. But yeah, just the, mar- the marketing high. dollars alone, there's no. They had to have lost money. Seriously, are there people who really like this show, Entourage? Are there are there enough no. people to make it a movie? Like, no, that's why they crowdfunded. Fucking like you know the nine. Oh, they crowdfunded it. They did. Yeah, it was a Kickstarter, I think. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, it just seems like. It's hard for me. Like I watched the first season of the show, and afterwards, I was like, I can't believe HBO made this show. Like That's I know it's Spike TV. Like I think it's supposed to be Sex in the City for guys, but Sex in the City had, you know, characters you could kind of at least like a little bit. Like there's nobody in that cast that is likable. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Brotourage. Debuted at number four. Number three, also a debut, Insidious Chapter Three, opened to $23 million, which. That's good for a horror movie, dude. I was going to say, I'm guessing that's a pretty good start. It's made, yeah. combined with foreign, it's already at $37.3 million. Well, I think yeah, they're greenlit another one, too. So get ready for Insidious Chapters Four through 12. I'm sure they're coming. Uh, number two is Set and Dream. How about New Line just gets their shit together and gives us another Freddy movie? How about that? Uh, San, San Andreas fell from number one to number two. Uh, it uh, did a fairly respectable twenty six point four million. Uh, it is now one hundred and fifty two million worldwide. So The Rock with yet another hundred million dollar movie, uh, and it's, it has not been out that long. So you can be sure that that is probably going to climb some beforehand. So uh, it seems like you just put The Rock in a movie at this point, and he's going to. Grab you at least a hundred million dollars. Uh, although this movie looked like it cost a pretty penny to make it, I think we agree, Glenn, that it kind of just looks like 2012, but with The Rock, and in just one location, I believe. Apparently, he's like the worst helicopter rescue man ever because he doesn't save anybody but people on his phone contacts, according to one review I read. And uh, uh, Spy debuted at number one with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Statham and Jude Law and Rose Byrne and 
50 Cents is also in that film. Uh, it debuted to 30 million, but it's uh, because of foreign box office, it's already at 86.5 million. Uh, Paul Feig directed film. Uh, apparently, critics only like Melissa McCarthy if she is in a Paul Feig movie because all the other non Feig movies she's done, they have hated. Or just wait till Ghostbusters comes out. That's Paul Feig as well, so. Motherfucker. Which, once again, uh, she's one of the big reasons why I'm not a. I, I'm just not a Melissa McCarthy fan. It's uh, not a remake, it's a, a reboot or whatever the however the fuck they put it. I don't even know what it. Uh, to be honest, I'm not sure what. I don't know. It feels like a reboot. It's a savaging. That's what it is. Um, I, I The thing that I hated the most was that they. Like, I wouldn't have minded if they just did an all new thing. And I don't care that it's an all-female cast, either. Just make it a sequel. Yeah, fuck it. Just make it a sequel. Yeah, I hated that they tried to fill the women's roles in the mold of the men's roles. Yes. Like, Melissa McCarthy's the Bill Murray, and there's the one black character, and you know what I mean? Like, there's the nerdy fucking Egon character, and fuck it. I I would think Melissa McCarthy would be the Dan Aykroyd, personally. You think so? Like, I I think they see her as the Bill Murray. No, Kristen Wiig's Bill Murray. You think so? Absolutely. I don't think they see her as that. As far as talent-wise, yes. Oh, yes, yes. But I think they see Melissa McCarthy as the fucking Vankman. She's the super oh. one. And Kristen Wiig is oh. the looking one. Yeah. Oh. She's Egon. Yeah. My butthole just flexed, man, just now. It just, oh. Kristen, so Kristen, gross sounding. Aaron, you face it. Kristen Wiig is She-Gon for fucking Oh, shit. motherfucker. <laughs> I love it, though. I love She-Gon, but damn it. <laughs> Oh, shit. That's like He-Man and She-Ra, for sure. Um, they should just fucking do that show. Uh, <laughs> Egon and She-Gon. Uh, okay, so opening this weekend, Jurassic World. That's it. Nobody... So does that mean they're going to have a male uh, like you know, secretary, though? I hope so. I hope it's Rick Moranis. Uh, oh, God bless him. Somebody's got to pull him out of retirement. We need him back in Hollywood, yeah. Let's get that guy back. Uh, Jurassic World is the only wide-release movie opening this week of any consequence. Um, I'm sure all of us will probably see it at some point. I'm sure Glenn's going to see it on the opening night. Uh, or do you do you already have your tickets uh, reserved? No, no, I'm probably because it's not at the crappy movie theater. So I was like, well, I don't really need to go to Dallas then. So I'm seeing it here. <laughs> Just seeing it locally. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, maybe Thursday. Maybe Saturday. It kind of just depends. I totally want to see it. I don't know when I'm going to get around to seeing it. Uh, I would like to see it uh, as soon as possible. Uh, the more the more I see about the movie, the more I feel like it's going to be way better than the second and third movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I yeah, I, I've. Uh, I, I mean, think they it, may have done it. If for anything you're going to go, and if it's really fucking terrible, it's still going to be great to see at least you know in, in 3D. So yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, I like Chris Pratt. Vincent D'Onofrio is fucking awesome. Uh, I'm not offended by Bryce Dallas Howard. Uh, uh, yeah, it's not really a ringing endorsement, but, um, you know, they, Henry Wu is back from the first movie, everybody. I mean, come on. They got the scientist guy from the first movie. Everybody remembers him, right? Yeah. And you know, it's pretty much an all female cast until the dinosaurs are female. That's right. Yeah. Which, uh, yes, to answer everyone's questions, we have gone into the park and looked up the dinosaurs' dresses. How many fucking Jurassic Park Jeff Goldblum quotes are we going to have today, Glenn? Well, Is he in I've that got movie? a different one. You do? You do? What do you got? Well, it's not, it's not a Jeff Goldblum quote, but oh, okay. 
And, you know, since someone's going to argue with me that, you know, we don't know if they're all female because uh, some species of frogs in South America <laughs> can change their sexes. They've been known to change their sex randomly, yeah. What, what was that you guys were doing just now? What was that? Was that was that Goldblum? No, that was Grant when he picks up the dinosaur egg. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. And they probably did... Condors! If I built a flock of condors... You would not. Well, we're not talking about deforestation or the uh, building of a dam. Yep. Uh, dinosaurs had their chance, and uh, nature selected them for extinction. <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to have like a huge dick, Goldblum. Um, yeah, makes like, sense. Wait, an ask. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's packing. He talks like he has one. Like you can hear it. In he his walks head. like he has one. Sure. Yeah, that scene in Independence <laughs> Day when he and Will Smith are strutting in their flight suits. Is that he why he walks like he's swinging like some serious dick? <laughs> um, go back and watch that scene everyone go to youtube uh, right now and watch that scene watch this dude saunter it's like holy shit he's he walks like john wayne carrying like heavy guns but his guns are just his huge balls i'm sure before we before we go did anybody uh and before we pick our next movie did anybody see there was like an article that huffington posted about like the biggest plot hole in jurassic park which is the article is horrible because the thing they point out is actually not a plot hole at all <laughs> well that's you know yeah uh, but it's basically like, did you know that virtually every dinosaur in Jurassic Park were dinosaurs that weren't from the Jurassic period? They're all from the Cretaceous period, Cretaceous. with the exception of how is that a plot hole? It's like it's not. They're like, it's it's like you can take everything down to like the fact because Jurassic Park is not just necessarily about dinosaurs and people running away from dinosaurs and trying not to get eaten by dinosaurs. A lot of it is like corporatization run amok. And the desire to to make more money and do whatever the fuck it takes to to make money and shit. And Dennis is, you know, not worrying about whether or not they should. They just thought that they could. You could, I mean, you could easily envision in your mind a board meeting where they're sitting around trying to think of the name for the park. And they're like, let's name off all the fucking dinosaurs we want. A T-Rex and a Velociraptor and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, those are all from the Cretaceous period. Should we call it Cretaceous Park? And they're like, no, that sounds fucking stupid. What other eras, er, you know, what other dinosaur eras do we got? And somebody gets the, the Jurassic. Well, the Stegosaurus, and they're like, well, the Jurassic, yeah. Yeah, they're like, Jurassic Park sounds awesome. Let's name it that. And they're like, well, yeah, the Triassic? Nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that just was the most marketable sounding name. Just like how Velociraptors were made to look bigger and more lizardy, uh, genetic mutations or whatever. So they, it's more mean, like dinosaurs. I mean, they didn't think the name... Uh, was it uh, Dionicus? That didn't yes. think that it was as catchy as Velociraptor. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not as uh, marketable a name. Like, as, you can, as, you can uh, they have like special features of Steven Spielberg even even saying that. Like, I know they're not, but it doesn't sound as cool. Uh, yeah, and apparently well, this uh, movie is all about that. The the yeah. whole reason they create this crazy dinosaur, right? The whole reason they create this whole new dinosaur is because it, apparently attendance at the park is dropping. And they need something new to boost people's interest in attendance, so they start crossbreeding dinosaurs together. Presumably a Velociraptor and a T-Rex is my guess. I like the name Indominus Rex. No, apparently it's supposed to be part jellyfish, actually. Really? Yeah. Fucking part jellyfish. It's supposed to have poison in it, I know. I'm, I'm not, or not, not jellyfish, uh, pufferfish. Oh, like they're, like they're, they're just, cuttlefish. Putting in, they're putting in all uh, sorts of shit. I want to say it was supposed to be part cuttlefish. Yeah, I'm. I'm almost. I'm almost certain that that uh, that was supposed to be it. it. Was supposed to be part cuttlefish. Uh, so yeah, that movie is opening this weekend. I mean, the biggest hole is the fact that the same part where the dress or where the T Rex eats the goat is also a giant cavern. Like, 
that's the biggest problem. And guess what? I really don't care. I think the biggest problem <laughs> is that John Hammond runs around the whole fucking movie saying spared no expense. With the except exception the guy. except with the exception of fucking Dennis Nedry, who <laughs> they didn't pay enough, and then he's like, Fuck it, I'm stealing all your shit and letting uh, the book go down. You know, that, that's a uh, problem when you try yeah. to tap something from the books and you you like you get Richard Attenborough and you can't have him be a kind of a sleazy old man. Right. Who gets eaten I, by uh, comps. I, I can confirm that the cuttlefish is indeed uh you know what they use to combine the T-Rex with uh, because it has the ability to uh, camouflage itself and blend it to it into its surroundings for the record oh. not a cuddly fish at all no they are delicious yeah. though uh, so let us uh, draw but I like from... the name of Dominus Rex let us, let us draw from the pool of all flicks for the next uh, parts unknown uh, for those of you uninitiated, you please get the first season of the Colombian Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, for, for those uninitiated, from parts unknown as an extra podcast, we do on the free stream here, and uh, we go to allflix.net slash, uh, I believe it's slash Netflix dash randomizer, and uh, they've got this little thing where you can hit a button and it will pull a random movie from all of the movies and TV shows and documentaries and whatnot. You know, if we were really brave, we would do it for Crackle instead of Netflix because there is oh nothing God, but no. dog shit on Crackle. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> except except Crackle is so piss poor bottom of the barrel. I don't think anybody has thought to make a Crackle. They're all movies starring like Lorenzo Lamas's stunt double from yes. like, some episodes of Renegade. Like oh it's my. fucking brutal, man. <laughs> A renegade name drop. That's fucking awesome. Uh, But anyway, they give you a lot of options here, and we leave all of them blank. We don't want any filterization of our results, so all movies from all types of genres, any Netflix-rated film, a 1 to a 5, any IMDb-rated film, a 0 to a 10, and any film released between the years 1900 and 2015. And by the way, if people are interested, uh, yeah, they got movies that are that old. In fact, I just looked at it today, and uh, they had... um, Fuck, what is it called? The the Man on the Moon movie or whatever it is from 1902. The one with the fucking moon with a face and the oh, yeah. glass. Yeah, it's it's remastered and colorized in HD. It's only 15 minutes, but people should go fucking look at it. It's uh, from 1902. It's up on the Netflix right now. So, yes, they do have movies that are that old. Uh, so far, the oldest movie or the, the oldest thing we've got was Deep Space Nine, I think, which was 93. Yeah. Uh, everything else has been from the 2000s. Um, all right, so are you guys ready to find out what we shall be watching next? Oh, the silence is, is deafening. I, I need to know if you're ready, because I can't do it unless you're ready. Yes. Are your bodies ready? Uh, I'm okay. as ready as I'm fucking ever going to be. Dude. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, click. Oh great! And uh, it is it is it is deemed a classic movie. It's in the classic movie genre. 100, okay. 107 minutes from nineteen seventy three, called Detroit Nine Thousand. An interracial pair of cops investigating a jewel heist uncovers more than they bargained for as they investigate an urban underworld of call girls and corrupt politicians in this black exploitation classic with a complexity that transcends the genre. So a black exploitation movie, wait, nineteen seventy three called Detroit Nine Thousand. Is this uh, in any way? Uh, does it star Harry Rhodes? Yeah, Harry Rhodes, uh, Alex Rocco, uh, Vanetta McGee, and uh, Scatman uh, you know Brothers. I'm really fucking excited to watch this movie. 
the Netflix average rating is a 3.2 out of 5, and IMDb rating is 6.3 out of 10. Dude, this, this could be the best movie we've ever been given uh, like as a jumping-off point. If only they had Black Dynamite still on Netflix. I, I've never got around to seeing that, and I really fucking want to see Black Dynamite. You've never seen Black Dynamite either? Never got around to seeing it. Damn, I, it was on my Netflix break, queue. You, you, you're slacking here, dude. you gotta, oh, you got to so step up. I'm so far And the Kurt Russell movies. You need to start watching <laughs> Kurt Russell movies so we can do that podcast. Uh, okay, so before the next uh, before the next regular Cinema Geekly podcast, there will be a From Parts Unknown where we will discuss the 1973 black exploitation film Detroit 9000, which is an awesome. Oh, and a new, uh, incredibly flawed, uh, exceedingly decisive. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah, incredibly decisive. You still have to get that to me, yes? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get it over to you tonight. Okay, we. Uh, uh, we cover the men of the MCU Phase One. Oh, good lord! With uh, my, myself, Glenn, Ben, and Aurora. No it's, spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. It's a very special episode. Is this something I really should go out of my way to listen to? Because I, I think so. Okay. Uh, it's not. It. I. I wouldn't it's say not it's as fun as the last time. the first one? Because yeah, no way. In no way was there a prison scenario uh, uh-huh. in this one. I didn't want to scare Aurora away <laughs> from doing say. these. Uh, you now that she has one under her belt, we, we're going to go back to getting really, really dark uh, for phase two. Yeah. The, now that the initiation process is over with. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it might be, you know, who would you want to be, you know, your human centipede with? Okay. So uh, there was uh, nobody. There, one, nobody was one my answer. Thing that it's, I'm not going to spoil it, but man. There's one one dude Aurora just does not like. No, it's shocking. Yeah. As we find out on the on, on the show, I had her, him <laughs> picked as like her as her favorite guy, but she really hates this fellow, which is surprising. It's just it's very shocking. Okay, wow. Well, a cliffhanger, yeah. controversial, uh, if you will. If you want to check it out, cinemageekly.com/slash/premium, uh, twelve dollars uh, for an entire year's worth of access to the premium podcasts, and of course that is uh helping us out mostly with the uh mostly with the web hosting costs and shit but uh if enough people yeah, thanks sign- everybody who who's you know buying oh, the t-shirts and the premium got, stuff and uh i completely forgot we have two new people who signed up for the premium thing oh last- sweet oh ran yeah uh we have, have their names i i do i have contra code and the magic dragoon is uh the <laughs> the two people who signed up what's contra uh, that is. I, I am kidding. It's a video I'm game kidding. that I'm gonna say like if you. I mean, Contra. I, I that's a good name, dear. Like Contra it. is a video game I played in my youth with Moses and Jesus. That came out that long ago. Oh, okay. So was it that Noah movie? Yes, it was. It was okay. That's actually what the Noah movie is about. Uh, <laughs> is Jesus and Moses playing Contra? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, if I'm that's gonna, the case, then I'm going to go watch that. I was going to say, I'll go watch it. It's on Netflix as well. <laughs> uh, with the first episode of Sense8, which, you know, it's, I, sounds I think like it's going to be fantastic. I'm trying to get caught up on Orange New Black. I think people like it. And the Wachowskis actually direct, the out of the eight episodes I've seen, I think they've directed like five or six. So they directed the, the big dildo love scene? They did. <laughs> they did indeed. It, does it go into like weird like slow motion like out of nowhere and like you know shit like that? No, no, no. It's not that slow scene. motion, but um, yeah, it, it was over and done with before I had any idea what happened. Like I was just not expecting it, and it, it <laughs> literally blew my mind out of my head. I was just holy shit, what just happened? Did it get better the second time you watched it? 
Uh, I haven't gone back and watched it a second time because I've been busy. Uh, tried catching me there. The episodes. All right. Uh, I'll watch it a few times uh, just to let you know for sure. The uh, for everything for most of everything we talked about today, cinemageekly.com is where you can go to uh, to read up on some of the reviews and uh, some of the news that we've talked about on today's episode. Uh, also, uh, the social medias we're on Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. Uh, eventually, we're going to get a Twitch channel set up as well for the people who have asked and do some uh, streaming. Uh, some video game streaming, and we're going to put some of that shit on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, t-shirts, Cinema Geekly t-shirts, uh, tpublic.com slash user slash Cinema Geekly. Uh, go pick up the uh, Cinema Geekly retro t-shirt or become the fourth person <laughs> to buy a Moscow International Comic Con t-shirt. Uh, so far, the count of purchases for that shirt remains three. There have not been a fourth person. Uh... My girlfriend wants a Raptor T-shirt. Oh shit! Yeah, the 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 concept that we had come up with, I believe. Yeah, I couldn't remember it, but she's like, "When are y'all gonna do the Raptor one?" I was like, "I have no idea what you're what talking." about. What was the concept about. for that one? I don't remember. Glad I don't know. She'd have to tell me what episode it was. I I really couldn't. God, yeah, that's not that's not ringing a fucking bell at all. No, we had <laughs> we had some sort of concept with a Raptor, and I can't remember the fuck it is now. Oh no no like a. Uh, we're talking about Chris Pratt and the uh, the mad respect for the Raptors. That's why. They... Oh, that's right. The right. Raptor giving respect knuckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That was it. Yep. Um, the uh... <laughs> uh, other ways you can help support us: uh, Amazon.com. Go to cinemageekly.com. Uh, if you shop on Amazon, pretty much everybody in the world does. Uh, the right hand side of the page. This only works, however, if you're in America. So fuck off, rest of the world. Uh, right hand side of the page is a big Amazon button. Click it. Use that link to shop every single time, uh, no matter what the purchase, large or small. Uh, you can help us out because they give us a kickback when you use that link. Uh, or if you want, I can just send you my wish list, and you can just buy me a headset so we can start doing the Twitch streaming. We can we can do that shit like uh, like uh, porn stars do, Aaron. Where we just put out our Amazon wish list to people and, and fuckers just buy all the shit and send it to us. Without Does that mean I have to people. twitch and just like high heels and something fishnetty? Or? That's right. The, the Captain America undies uh, and some high heels. I think it'll do hmm. it. Uh, the Voyeur Gaming. Just do the Voyeur Gaming. That'll do the trick uh, as well. Uh, let me see. The podcast before we get going. Uh, of course, you can stream it or download it from the website. But if that is not your thing, we are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and the TuneIn Radio app uh, across a variety of devices. Like people aren't actually like touching their buttholes on Twitch or anything. Or it's, it's just video gaming, right? Right. That would be, uh, that would be violating their terms of service, I think. Oh. Yeah. Is chat roulette still a thing? Uh as far as I know. Really? Yeah, we're not on chat roulette, but... Uh, no, we, we are not. A <laughs> uh, uh, grinder, yes. We are. Yeah, we are there. Sure, swipe swipe right. Or is that Tinder? I don't know how the fuck that all works. Uh, do I think something. you have to lick the screen for <laughs> grinder. That's you right. Give it a lick. Lick, <laughs> lick up uh, if you're a fan of us on grinder. Uh, all right. Uh, I think that's enough for this week, I hope. Uh, we'll be back in a few more days talking Detroit 9000 on From Parts Unknown. Fuck yes, dear. And uh, Aaron, Glenn, and myself will be back next week for another episode of the Cinema Geekly Podcast. For more content like Who Made Who, Level Your Gear, the Gotham Podcast, Flashing Arrow Podcast, and the new Horribly Flawed and Incredibly Decisive Podcast, visit cinemageekly.com slash premium and part with just $12.
That's 12 bucks for a year's worth of awesome content. What else could you buy for $12 that will last all year and give you hours of geeky entertainment? 